This is the Man Catholic Podcast. My name is Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today we are talking about why we should not discern everything in life. This time. To kick us off today, we have a story about Blessed Stanley Rother. Blessed Stanley Rother. Um, amazing, amazing story that is relatively new to probably many of us as he was just beatified a few years ago. He was a farm boy from Oklahoma. And as, as you guys can imagine, growing up a farm boy, you had a lot of physical activity every day, all day long. And from a small town, he decided not to continue on the farm, but that, hey, I want to be a priest and went off to the seminary. And while he was there, he, he, he struggled academically, especially with Latin. And there's a few times when he actually failed Latin exams. And at one point he was kicked out of the seminary because of his inability to master Latin. And he went back to his bishop and just convinced that he's called to the, to the priesthood and just telling his bishop, I, I, I know I'm supposed to be a priest. And his bishop beautifully just said, I'll find you a seminary. And eventually father was ordained a priest and began to serve in, in his diocese in Oklahoma. Not long after, if not immediately after his ordination, his diocese began sending missionary priests, began a mission in Guatemala. And father Rother immediately volunteered to go to Guatemala. And he served a tribe of Mayan descent down in Guatemala, the Sutuhil tribe. And it's amazing because father who couldn't master Latin in the seminary quickly, I don't know if it's quickly, but learned Spanish and the dialect, the Sutuhil tribe. In fact, one of his greatest accomplishments was translating the scriptures into this dialect. So it's amazing what God does with us, even amidst our perceived maybe weaknesses. The people he served in Guatemala were immensely impoverished. The child survival rate, I believe under the age of six, half of children died. So it was just an amazing amazing impoverished area that he served. And shortly after his time there, the um, people began to revolt against the government, the corruption, and just the lack of of proper distribution and justice. The government began to take out their frustration against this rebellion on the church because the church was one of the things trying to help alleviate the injustices in the culture down there in the society. At one point, there's a story where the army came into, the government army came into the town that Father Rother served. And they said, hey, we're here to protect against any insurrections, to protect your people. And as soon as the the soldier said protect, Father Rother raised his hand and he said, if you're here to protect, then why are my people disappearing? And at one point then after that, Father Rother was put on a death list. So was his associate pastor. Uncertain what he should do, Father went back to Oklahoma. And while he was there, he was antsy. He just was over and over again talking to his bishop, to other priests, to his family. I just need to go back. And he's he got a famous quote that a shepherd doesn't run in his writings. And so he eventually is back on his farm and he's talking to his father and he says, you know, dad, if I go back, they're going to come for me, but they will not be able to pull my body out of the rectory. Because Father Rother knew that if the soldiers came for him and he went peacefully, that his parishioners would rise up and come for him and every one of them would be killed in, in the process. So Father Rother goes back to Guatemala and that day came when three men came in the middle of the night to take him and father fought, as they could tell by the way his knuckles were bloodied, the blood splattered on the walls. He fought to protect himself and eventually was shot. And I believe that was July 28th, 1981. He fought to protect himself, mostly to protect the people that 
he was there to care for. And we're blessed to know his story of this modern day martyr. Reminds me a lot of the North American martyrs, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. Father Jogues, in the past. His canonization cause began in uh, 2007, and he was beatified in Oklahoma City, September 23rd, 2017. A lot of instances in his life, guys, where Mm -hmm. he had to make decisions. He had to be confident in what to do, but tough decisions. I I don't think I'm on a death list. I don't know what I would do. Would I go back to that, right? The North American martyrs, they went went back to France, at least St. Isaac Jogues did, begging though to go back to serve the people, and he did, and he also ended Mm -hmm. in in death. So blessed Stanley Rother, an amazing example, and one that I hope to learn more about in in the next years. Yeah, I mean, this is only five years old, right? His story as far as beatification, and I know I say it every single time, but I love these recent kind of modern day heroes these saints these incredible men because it just gives me hope because i'm pathetic in life sometimes and it's like hey this is only five years ago you know in the 80s he died i was i was living i was alive in the 80s you know like this is this is the real i can we are old like yeah we are okay we just aged ourselves (laughs) no but you're right uh you know blessed stanley brother he had to make these tough decisions and that's what we're talking about today is uh the difference between discernment and just making decisions right i think i'm gonna have chick-fil-a for lunch today. You should. Uh, no, I, I really do think yeah, I'm I, going to. And and that's making a decision. I don't need to discern that. I don't need to take that to prayer. I don't need to take that to a holy hour. And I certainly don't need to take that to my spiritual director. Unless you're bringing Chick-fil-A to him. Which I'm bringing Chick-fil-A to a group of people. So I think I'm trying to earn their love is what I'm trying to do with that decision. But I didn't have to discern that. That was right. a pretty easy decision. I think that's what we're talking about today. Brock, why don't you take us a little bit deeper into this idea of what discernment is? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And I think the, the story of Blessed Stanley Rother is a great introduction because I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, when we think about discernment, I think for, for us guys, you know, living here in 2022, we can just say what we're trying to figure out what God's will is. Right. And I think, I think you're smart to say that we shouldn't be discerning everything because we can, we can over spiritualize things. And I think that's where the, uh, the virtue of prudence comes in so perfectly. The catechism defines mm-hmm. prudence as the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. Later on mm-hmm. in, in paragraph 1806 in the Catechism, it talks about prudence being the charioteer of all the virtues because mm-hmm. prudence is really what helps us figure out what is virtuous. It helps us figure out what is the appropriate action I should take. And it's on a natural level. We don't, we don't need a spiritual director to be prudent. This is a natural virtue. And so, you know, you may think about your health or what you're doing for dinner or, or you know, what you're doing with your, your family or the group of people you're with. Those things kind of go into what would be the prudent decision to, to have for lunch today or to have for dinner today with your Chick-fil-A. And we don't, we don't need to pray about that or do a 54-day novena to figure out if we should have Chick-fil-A for lunch. And so I think it's a great question. And, and I'd love to ask you guys, how do, how do you know when we should discern something, when we should take a, a step back and ask if this is the will of God? Or you know, when do we just say, hey, I just need to be prudent here and make a good decision? Yeah, I, first of all, I totally agree with you and the catechism that <laughs> prudence is the charioteer, the a foundational virtue, right? That without prudence, so many other virtues, so many other uh, attempts at holiness uh, can, either can't happen or don't make sense. And I uh, quickly looked up a meaning of prudence here, marked by wisdom, uh, shrewd in the management of practical affairs. Cautious, discreet, uh, it goes on thrifty, frugal, which I think uh, it, it starts to get watered down there. But prudence is the opportunity to consider a option with 
sincere thoughtfulness and strategic decision-making through the lens of what the Lord desires for our lives. Yep. And I think prudence, unfortunately, has a bad rap, right? The prude, the prudence, Mm, all that stuff. But part of it is we have to, there's aspect, there's steps to prudence for an action to be prudent. And one of it is you got to gather your options. You got to gather information and then you have Mm. to, you have to seek counsel. You actually have to seek out people that have wisdom, that have experience and talk to them and figure out what, what should I do with this? And then eventually you have to act. If you don't act, then you actually don't have a prudent action, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're not living the virtue. But that idea of seeking counsel, I think is spectacular. A lot of us, especially our younger Catholics out there, we we go straight to spiritual direction to seek counsel, which isn't a bad thing. There's our priests are wise typically, but I think that's where it's it's interesting. This idea of discerning gets, I think, overutilized. Brock, like you kind of suggested, even over spiritualized. I believe Saint Ignatius said, Saint Ignatius of Loyola said, "We have the Lord gave us reason, and that's where we start, and that's where it goes directly to when when there's big decisions in our life. Just just start thinking, start using the gift God gave you, which was reason. He gave you the capacity to discern or to think. Let's let's not use discern flippantly here." Thomas, but to just kind of start thinking and weighing what are the goods, what are the bads, mm-hmm. the pros, the cons, talk to wise people. Hey, what do you think of this situation? Yep. And then just make a decision. Yes. We don't have to, we don't have to pray through and go to spiritual direction for every single thing, even if it's a big thing yep. that sometimes still isn't the right thing to do. Right. Yep. You know, Thomas, you said, uh, that we have the gift of reason and free will, and that's what makes us different than animals. I've got a awesome golden doodle at home. His name is Max. We named him after Maximilian Colby. Uh, even our dogs and pets are named after saints, but uh, he is fed the exact same food twice a day at the exact same time, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care because he can't reason through that. He is not trying to decide if he wants something else for breakfast or for dinner. You know, he he can't rationalize that. And he is just as excited with the same exact dog food every single day because he he lacks that ability to make decisions to reason through things. And and that is what makes us different as humans, that we are made in the image and likeness of God and and he instilled that in us. And that's what sets us dramatically apart from the rest of the creations in the world. Brock, I know that uh, in one of your roles in Focus, you actually have taught or still taught what it means to prudently think through decisions and to discern when when to use discernment, when not to. Walk us through that. You were talking about earlier. Yeah, no, thank you. I I think, you know, prudence, we can get stuck in the weeds when we start thinking about things like this. And I think to just make it really practical, prudence is it's not just doing the right thing but it's doing the right thing at the right time and in the right way and I think it's it's so important for us men particularly as as we assume more leadership to to really cultivate the virtue of prudence to not just again do the right thing but to do the right thing at the right time and in the right way um, I love sharing a, just a quick story to kind of throw myself under the bus my first year as a we love those missionary, stories I, I really needed to get to confession and I, I missed a team rosary before a daily mass because I drove out to a to, to church that offered confession. And my team director at the time said, hey, team rosary is really important. You, you, we need to make that a priority. I said, great. Uh, a couple weeks later, I needed to go to confession again. And instead of the right thing to do when you need to get to confession is get to confession. So I was doing the right thing, taking care of my soul, but I didn't do it at the right time or in the right way. I didn't communicate my needs to to my leader, to the people that were responsible for me. And so even though I did the right thing, 
I still, it wasn't a prudent action because I didn't do it at the right time or in the right way. If I had called my team director and said, hey, I, I know that this is a priority that you, we've talked about this before. I need to get to confession right now and I'm going to miss this, but I, I want to promise you it's not going to happen again. It would have been a totally different conversation. Um, and I think it's just an important thing for men, us men to keep our eye on that it is possible to do the right thing, but to do to do it at the wrong time or in the wrong way and actually break stuff, even though you were doing the right thing in the first place. And so I, I love that we're, we're diving into this because every decision that we make in the course of our lives requires that we be prudent, that we're thinking about these things. Things as simple as loading the dishes at night, you know, it's, it's the right thing to put the dishes in the dishwasher, but it would be imprudent for me to put the knives in a, in a place that my kids could cut themselves on. So prudently, I have to say, well, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm loading the dishes, but I'm also doing it in the right way. I'm doing it in the, in the specific way that it should be done. So mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope that And that's, that's an example of where prudence comes into play in those kind of daily tasks as well. But you didn't have to discern right. whether or not to put knives near the toy bin or in the knife drawer, totally. right? Like, And that's what we're getting at a little bit. Again, is prudence yeah. is kind of an always factor where discernment, right. we want to plug in in certain situations, right? And Brock, I totally agree with you. And, and we talked about this in an earlier podcast, but I did uh, unfortunately leave focus uh, once for a couple of years. And when I did that- The dark years. It was the dark years. Um, <laughs> but it was, um, it was a really tough decision. I was trying to really discern through it and- it was a, a mix of wrong time, wrong way, maybe right decision. I'm still not sure. Uh, but but it was the way that I think I went about things that wasn't necessarily correct discernment. And so I, I can really relate to those bullet points there, Brock. Yeah, gosh. And, and I remember back when I was in my fourth year as a missionary, to give another story, I was pretty sure I wanted to get a grad degree, go on and get a master's and was looking up a master's programs. This was probably December, January of my fourth year as a missionary in focus. And I got a phone call from Dr. Jonathan Reyes, who at the time was our vice president. And he's now uh, way up high with the Knights of Columbus. And he's been a mentor of mine for for a very, very long time. And he called and he said, hey, we're going to launch, Focus is going to launch this grad program called the Augustine Institute. And we'd like to offer you a scholarship to go come to Denver for two years, and then you'll have to serve for focus for another three after that. It was just a, it was a no brainer. I was tired of making decisions year in and year out, right? I don't know if you guys were ever there. Like, should I do focus for another year? What should I do for another year? And just felt like a child. Like, I just want to commit to something. And this gave me that opportunity. Obviously, I, hopefully you're, we're always praying. And so prayer is always part of it, but it wasn't a decision that I had to go talk to my spiritual director for over and over again. So this makes sense. I got a master's degree. This is the subject I want. Great opportunity to be invested in and to continue to work for a great organization. What is hard about that decision? And I think for us, it's when, as we quote unquote, discern things in our life, I think part of the, the caution is not to get too caught up with me and my spiritual director, my spiritual director as the only channel to God. Yeah. And just to think, if my spiritual director gives me okay, then that's God's voice in my life. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, right? Our spiritual directors are amazing, hopefully priests that are holy, or maybe they're a lay person trained in this. And they're, they're, they're meant to help us figure out, is this God's voice in our life? Is it the devil's voice? Is it our flesh? Is it the world? But they're not necessarily the, the guard that says, yeah, this is, your, this is the decision you should make or not. That's where we have to think and seek counsel even beyond spiritual direction and just realize that the Lord might not be clearly saying, yeah, this is what you should do, but he might just be sitting back saying, think through the process and realize that, man, this just makes a lot of sense. Build out a pros, cons list and just look and get wisdom to help figure out what pro 
equates to a con, right? That's Harvard Business Review says you got to weigh out the pros and cons. Are they of equal weight, right? So if I'm going to get Chick-fil-A, I really like Chick-fil-A sauce compared to McDonald's where I really like the fries. Which one's more important to me in the moment, the, the, the sauce or the fries? It's usually the sauce. That always weighs <laughs> out more than the fries. Anyways, this idea of pros and cons and then just be confident as you're praying to, to just make a decision. Yep. Even if your spiritual director isn't even behind you, or giving you the the his blessing because that's not necessarily how it's meant to be. Am I wrong, guys? Am I missing something? No, you're totally right. And I actually want to take a step back here that we often see. So again, Brock Thomas and I, we all work in Focus Fellowship of Catholic University students, and we see I think discernment happen in two main areas. And first of all, you mentioned it, Thomas. That you know, back in the day when you were a missionary, you still are a missionary, but you would have to go through this major discernment process every single year. And we see that time and time again, every year, our missionaries, and now 800 of them, have to go through this brutal discernment process about, should I stay another year? And I just want to grab them and shake them and say, you already discerned to be a missionary, to go on mission with focus. Yes. Leave it there until the Lord calls you out. Yes. Stop going through this major discernment phase every single year. Yes. You're beating yourself up and, and you're not discerning correctly. You already discerned. Right. The decision was made. Now wait until the Lord calls you out. And if he's not, keep your head down and, and keep going forward. I think that's one. The second time we see this is the students who are involved with focus or even those not involved with focus, but they want to consider applying for focus and joining focus as a full-time campus ministry uh, missionary. And they, they get over-spiritualized, you know, where they think, I need a sign, I need to ask, you know, I need to do a Therese Novena, and I need roses, or I need, my spiritual director's got to say, you know, the right words uh, in order for me to know this, or whatever it is. And it just, it baffles me. And, be, and I was in recruitment back in the day, I think back in 2010, 2011, for focus. And I always said, look, like, you don't have to make a decision until it's time to make a decision. Part of the discernment process is taking the small steps when possible. And so for now, you're not discerning whether or not to be a, a focused missionary. You're just filling out the application. Yep. Right now, you're just going to a recruitment weekend. Right now, you're just going to interview. Right now, you know, so just do the next step of the process and don't over dramatize what, what discernment actually is in the process. So what would you say, maybe Brock or Steve? So I'm building off of you real quick. That idea of, yeah, I just feel called to do X. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, why do you feel called to do that? I just feel called. Like to me, why do you feel called to do that? If they don't have a clear answer, again, using mm-hmm. reason and rational thought, yep. I'm just, I, I, I flinch at that. Yep. Yep. It, it, should I? I don't know. Brock. No, and I, I love what, what Steve just said about how discernment, it necessitates that we are taking steps. You know, God is the God of the universe. He's all powerful, but he still can't steer a parked car. Like we got to go do yeah. something. And then that's how we actually can yep. evaluate if God is blessing. And I think you can just think yep. through this. I'm going to take this step and fill out this application. Okay. Now that I've taken that small step, am I at peace? Do I, do I mm-hmm. sense that I'm growing in faith, hope, and charity? Do you know, am I excited about these things? Do I feel like the Lord is blessing that? Great. Those are all, God is affirming the step that you took. Take the next step. And yep. if you are not feeling peace or it's causing anxiety or then you got to evaluate, is that coming from, is that biological? Yep. Is that coming from other circumstances? Or is this the Lord actually saying, no, I, this is not something I want you to do. Um, but I, I yep. do think having that, that practical confidence that I am going to make a decision 
And then I'm going to evaluate, is the Lord blessing this? Is he, is he, again, is he pouring out grace? Can I sense that I'm growing in faith, hope, and charity? If the answers to that are yes, then, then take the next step and go to the recruitment weekend. Or, you know, we see this all the time in the dating world. Guys are like, well, I, I'm discerning whether or not I should ask this girl out. That That's a that's a misnomer. You're not discerning anything. Go ask her out. And then that's when the discernment starts. You can actually evaluate, hey, is this relationship helping yep. me grow into the man I'm called to be? And, and so I think that that is probably one of the biggest areas that we as modern men screw up discernment and screw up prudence is mm-hmm. we, do, we just don't act. We sit and we think yep. and we just get caught in this cycle of, well, what does God want me to do? I need a sign like you were mentioning. And no, actually, God wants you to take a step start moving the car and then that's how he's going to start steering and then let him guide you we used to talk a lot about the internal call versus the external call as well and the internal call is this kind of the the language we've been saying is i feel called to do this well the external call could be say focus saying hey we don't think this is the right fit for you then part of the discernment process would say you're not called to be a focused missionary you know if if focus is not feeling it for whatever reason it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And so there are two parts to discernment. If you feel like you're called to marry some girl and she's like, dude, leave me alone, which my wife did tell me a couple times when we were in the dating process. She still does too, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is a terrible example because I had to fight through that. Uh, but uh, there's an internal and external call. Now, I want to I take a step back here. Why do we get stuck in, the, in these phases? You know, and, and we've thrown a couple things around, uh, maybe over-spiritualizing them. What are some other ways that we feel like we get stuck in this like vicious cycle of discernment? I think that's a great question because we don't want to use discernment as a crux or an excuse to not make a decision. Brock, Mm -hmm. you're talking about the action. And I think one simple reason is we're just, especially as men, I think men can be very lazy and afraid. And I think fear is a big one where we're afraid to make that decision. We're afraid to move forward either because we don't have that sign. We're not 100% confident it's the right thing. Or even if we are, we're just afraid of failure. We're afraid to, to see, is this right or is this wrong? Or if it if I, even if I know it's right in my head using reason and irrational thought, it's just the unknown beyond that. And I think sometimes fear can get us stuck. The other, one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll hit on is just we're attached to something. We're attached to a certain way of life. We don't want a big change in my life. Do I go to the seminary? Do I serve net? Do I become a focused missionary? Do I move to a different town? Well, I'm afraid because I'm also attached to certain things that, I'm, mm. that I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable where I'm at. And so I don't want to jump. I don't want to quote unquote, make that decision. I love that, Thomas. I also, I would just say, I think that men in particular, I love what you're saying about the fear. I can definitely resonate with that. But I also think we're just, we are, we are unvirtuous men. We, we, we are not as virtuous as we should be. And I think that one of the coolest things about the Christian life is in, in discipleship of Jesus is that as we progress, this stuff just becomes easier. You, you, you naturally are able to do this without thinking about it. The closer you get to our Lord, the, the deeper your relationship with Jesus becomes. And so I think this is a, a real call to, hey, let's, let's continue to become the men that we are called to be. Let's not be afraid of failure. I think that um, that, that can be so paralyzing for, for guys sometimes. Just, just sit back and think, man, if I make the wrong decision, that's going to look poorly on me. And really it's rooted in pride, right? Like I, I want to make good decisions. I want people to affirm me. I want people to see that I'm excellent and doing well in life. And we, we should not be so afraid of failure. Failure can be such a great gift and such a great learning opportunity 
whether it be in the spiritual life, whether it be in your finances and your family, let's let's not be afraid of failure. We got to embrace failure and learn from. It. Yeah, I love that topic, Brock, and I think we should do a podcast on just that alone, looking at the growth mindset and uh, not being afraid of failure. We've talked a lot about practicals, and I want to wrap up here with an encouragement for men to seek out spiritual direction. We've talked about how you don't, you know, we shouldn't over complicate things with spiritual direction, but a spiritual director is an incredible gift. And so we want to encourage you to do that. Whether or not you're discerning anything, go find a spiritual director. They will help you in your prayer life and in your growth and virtue as a man. So please do that. Um, Also, find brothers in your life. Who are the men who love you enough to listen to an option that you have in front of you or things that you're thinking about and look you in the eye and say, that's a really dumb idea. Don't do that. Or they would say, yeah, I know this is going to be hard, but you should do this. Mm. This is incredible. Um, find at least one other brother. If you have a couple men in your life, find them. And and again, don't just think, I, I can only make big decisions in a holy hour or with a spiritual director. You know, take these ideas, options to men and say, hey, am I on the right track here? And um, I love that. and allow them to help you out with this. Yeah, hundred percent. That wisdom piece, seeking that counsel. Um, can I give one more piece of a practical point? Is um, if you're familiar with the term desolation, consolation, then then I'm then this is going to resonate with you. But if there's a big life decision that you want to make that's right in front of you, Saint Ignatius of Loyola gives us the wisdom in saying, "Do not do that when you're in a state of desolation." So, kind of feeling distant from God, yeah, distracted from point. God. Yep. Um, cause sometimes we just do that to run from something. Absolutely. Yep. There's plenty of resources out there. If, if you're not sure what that means, um, it's, it's a whole nother topic in and of itself, but that's it for today. This is the man Catholic podcast. Please give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed it and share it with your friends, your family. Also, if you have any ideas, you can shoot us an email at mancatholicpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs>